0: This is Love Hurts. I'm Brian Berlin. My guest today is Jana Schmieding. Jana is a comedian, writer, and educator living in Los Angeles. When I started this podcast, Jana was at the top of my list of who I wanted to have on as a guest. She has such a strong voice, and I'm lucky that I've gotten to call her both a collaborator and a friend. Definitely check out our podcast, Woman of Size. But before you do, Listen to the story of her first relationship and how its messy end has shaped the conflicted feeling she has about relationships today. Jana, thanks so much for doing this.
1: Absolutely. I'm so happy to.
0: You get to be my first call-in guest.
1: Oh, my gosh. I, I feel like a million du- bucks. It's I feel a- <laughs> like a million ducks also, but a million bucks. <laughs> you
0: get both of those <laughs> honors. Um, Yeah, so... I mean, I kind of asked you here because I know you have dealt a lot with relationship ups and downs through the years and and you're somebody who kind of has no problem sort of publicly talking about it and even like have talked about it on your own podcast.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love talking about how single I am and <laughs> <laughs> choose to be. Uh, but yeah, I, I do think it comes from I do think my singleness, my current like chosen singleness, it has origins for sure.
0: Great. And do you want to take us to where it all starts?
1: Yeah, I actually I I do. I that's like the first the 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 one thing that I think is like kind of an interesting uh story to tell is I think after years and years of like my own reflection and like s- my own self like s- Self-prescribed psychological <laughs> work, <laughs> as us women are prone to do um, or told to do. Uh, I think I, I think that I am afraid of relationships or romance or love. Um, I'm not all the way afraid, but I think I'm mostly afraid because of some of my first relationships. Yeah. Like, back during adolescence and high school. And there's one particular experience in high school that, like, really, really shaped the way that I kind of timidly walk through the romantic
0: world. Yeah, so it kind of set, up, set you up on this path that you're at now where you're trying to kind of deal with things as an adult.
1: Yeah, it's like, it, it's a little bit embarrassing because... um I like to think like I'm. Uh, I have matured past some of this <laughs> shit that's happened. Um, but I don't know. I I do think that there, there's like um, residual fear. Um, yeah. And especially with um, kind of the the current um, socio political climate of Me Too and a lot of these um, kind of the the very public results of toxic masculinity and patriarchy and how like it's kind of all being unveiled and exposed right now. I mean, it has been happening forever, but um, just the exposure has really making a lot of women, myself included, kind of go back in time and really like sift through some of our interactions with men and especially in romantic scenarios where this is where a lot of like um, violent and like problematic behavior starts is in relationships yeah did
0: you um listen to the this american life episode from a few weeks ago about this no no oh, what was it? you should listen to it it's so good it's um so basically like some guy who was like the head of some you know publication had like a bunch of women come out against him on buzzfeed and then he so this american life found a few of these women and not only had them, like, tell the story about this specific guy, but went all back to, like, their origin stories so of the first time they remember kind of, like, uh. feeling like a woman and having it, like, that, like, weird feel of a man, like, a man looking at them, kind of, like, whether it was looking or yeah. experience. It was great. I Like, it was such a yeah. good, but it seems similar to kind of what you're talking about now, like, feeling that uncomfortable situation yep. for those first times. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's those nuances that are really um that really like show themselves to me. Um you know, it's ca- like the Aziz Ansari story for example, yeah. like really really resonated with me because I can't tell you how many dicks I've sucked that I didn't want to <laughs> suck. <laughs> it's just like yeah. an experience <laughs> like being a woman in a relationship with a man you just are like nobody is nobody is ever telling you like this is how you deal with um, heartbreak and this is how you... I mean, nobody's telling men either. I mean, that's the fucking problem. Like, Nobody's telling anybody like here's how to deal with these situations. Like here's right and wrong. Here's what consent can look like and feel like. Um,
0: Yeah, everyone kind of feels like they're trying to figure this out in this very alone way where I feel like the nice thing about this movement is there is this conversation happening now that I feel like is a very positive thing to be happening because people need to be hearing about this from other people and not figuring it out themselves
1: absolutely absolutely so yeah the so the story that i have or really the experience that i have um like dates back to yield 20 not even 20s it was 1997 <laughs> all right <laughs> um back in the 90s i like to say like the um the theme of the '90s was tolerance. <laughs> uh, People were just whereas putting up the with theme stuff, of, yeah, we're just putting up with like, you know, gender and racial inequity. We we're fine with it. We're we're gonna handle it. Uh, we're tolerating it. Um, I grew up in a a pretty small town that had one high school, and my parents were both teachers. In so I never went to school growing up without a parent in a school. Okay. Not that that is, like, uh, has anything to do with this story, but just to give you a frame of reference um, and kind of some context, I, like, knew all my teachers very well. Like, my parents were friends with teachers, so my school community was always, like, a very safe place. Like, I always got the best teachers. (laughs) I was always in, like, the best classes. And for that same reason, like, I really... Had no, I didn't have a very private life um, growing up. I was also the only Native American woman uh, besides my sister in our small town. And so we like did a lot of like (laughs) cultural presentations. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So people knew who I was. Um, uh, I lived a pretty public existence. Anyway. I've never been a boyfriend kind of girl. I'm a heterosexual, I'm a cis hetero lady, but um, I've always just been very shy around men and never really, I was not just never the kind of person who experienced a lot of boyfriends. Anyway, when I was a sophomore, when I was a freshman, like toward the end of my the freshman year, my freshman year in high school, I uh, met a guy um, and he was a year above me um he was a sophomore and he was on like the football team the baseball team he was like uh kind of a stout uh athletic short like jock okay uh, with with a sensitive side um because most men have a sensitive side. <laughs> it's just how they manage that sensitivity is the interesting part um he had this giant blue truck, oh my god, it was like a huge Toyota like old like 70s Toyota and he had put like huge wheels on it. again, I grew up in a small town in Oregon <laughs> so like I had to wear like a sports bra to ride in his truck. <laughs> So bouncy, dude. Um, But I think a part of me was like, oh, my gosh, this is like a dude. Like, he has a car and he is like on sports teams. I mean, I was an athlete in high school as well. Um, But I wasn't used to being desired at all. Um, And I had a lot of male friends who were just platonic friendships in my life. Uh, But I was one of the guys to them. Yeah. So... It was a great moment that I was like, "Oh my gosh!" And he like he wanted to date me. Like he was the one who asked me out, and like we he like took me on legitimate dates. It like happened really fast. Okay. So we started dating, and we dated for like ten months. Which, when you're like fifteen or sixteen years old, that's a long fucking time. Yeah, that's a to big data person. A, yeah. Yeah, it was like a real relationship. I mean, I remember doing stupid relationshipy things like we shared a notebook that we would just write letters and notes in and like trade throughout the course of the school day. Like just tr- <laughs> trade off several times a day. Um it was my first real boyfriend.
0: Yeah, you were very um, much a part of each other's lives and doing absolutely, things together.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um I also was experiencing during this time, like this the the thing that like young women go through when we get boyfriends in and during our like late adolescence, which is like we abandon our friends, our our female friendships. <laughs> we like, you know, yeah. and then our female friends are like. What the fuck? Where have you been? Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, she spends too much time with her man. It's just like, yeah, you're. It's really a fishy situation. <laughs> yeah,
0: you're falling into this new thing that's like exciting. It's never something you've never experienced before. So you're just willing to kind of let these other things get ignored in terms totally. for this new thing.
1: Totally. Um- I was able to maintain one friendship at that time with my friend Amy and she was a badass. She was also on a basketball team. She was like a varsity point guard when she was a freshman. I mean, she was like an awesome she was an awesome bitch just like rock solid. Yeah. Um. And so yeah, like the year progressed we started dating in probably like around Christmas time or like the winter of my freshman year and then toward, um, the fall of my sophomore year, things just started getting a little bit hairy between my boyfriend and I. Um, and I can't really quite remember the decline of the relationship, but I do remember being like, I want to stretch my limbs. Like, I feel trapped. Um, and he did not feel that way at all and i didn't know how to express it to him because again first relationship first time i ever really loved somebody i didn't want to hurt his feelings and also he was starting to show some like really possessive tendencies um not wanting me to hang out with my friends uh, if I couldn't hang out with him, he would get pissed. Like, there were there were more and more moments where I'm like, oh, my God, this guy's mad at me. I don't want to say his name. <laughs> oh, my God, this guy's mad at me.
0: <laughs> yeah, so just these, like, little um, controlling moments. Yep.
1: Yeah, and the more I started to hear myself being like, oh, he's going to be mad at me, oh, uh, he's going to be mad at me, like, the more I started hearing myself saying those things out loud, I knew, uh, in my mind, I was like, this is not going to end well. Um... And I know that it's wrong that I shouldn't be saying the person that loves me is also mad at me. And I'm a good fucking lady. Like I am not blowing it. I'm not being a mean or cruel or anything. Anyway, it was like a Friday, I think, because it was a football it was a football game night. And you know, we lived in a small town, Friday night lights kind of shit where it's like when the high school has a football game, like everybody comes. It's a huge deal. Yeah. The whole city rallies around our team. He was on the football team because um, he was a junior now. And it was definitely toward the end of the relationship. And I remember I'd written a note about my boyfriend to my friend Amy saying, I said the the words, he's being such a pig. <laughs> 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 fucking choice language. Um, and because he was mad at me for something. I don't fucking know what. He was getting dramatic all the time. So... After school, we had planned, Amy and I had planned that I was going to come over to her place and we were going to go to the football game together because she lived very close to the high school. And we were going to like drink a little bit before we went. (laughs) Like that was a big deal. (laughs) We were like, ooh, we're going to like take shots of her parents' liquor or something. Not get drunk, obviously, because I could not be drunk or... Like fucked up in front of an entire community of people who knew who I was but um, we had this whole plan and uh, oh also interesting side note to this is Amy had an older brother who was my boyfriend's same age and also on the football team so we all kind of like crewed up like we were friends the four of us okay. uh, at times yeah. So leading up to this, there were like little moments where I was like, God, this shit is getting like really, really annoying because so- suddenly like guy friends that I had that were also on his baseball team were like, hey, Jared told me that t- Jared told us that like you wouldn't have sex with him," or like, hey, Jared told us like you guys were making out the other day. And like, I mean, he was just like telling details of our relationships, of our relationship to his guy friends. And then they, because they were friends with me would come back and be like, what's up with this? What's up with this? And I was just like, oh, oh, I don't not want my inner, my personal life on blast like this. Yeah, the
0: fact that you'd have to re-go through all of these little moments with your friends after he told them.
1: Yeah, my guy friends. And also, it was wrong. The information was wrong and it would paint me as a prude. Like, he was like, and I never had sex with this guy, so that's the other part of this, is like, I wasn't giving it up. I was like, no fucking way. Like, (laughs) like like <laughs> something in my body was like this is not yeah don't the go right down this path <laughs> um he was just getting real loose-lipped about our situation anyway i wrote amy that note um this day of a football game and he was in the game um and i remember it being like kind of an important game and i went over to her house after school and we were Getting ready, I think we had a volleyball practice that day, so I took a shower in her shower, and all of a sudden, I hear some some scuffling, like, happening downstairs And while I was in the shower. This is while I'm taking a shower in her home. And I hear stomping coming up the stairs, and all of a sudden, on the bathroom door, I just hear this boom, 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 like a pounding on the door. And I was like, oh, shit, what the fuck is going on? I had no idea what was going on. And then I hear my boyfriend's voice going, "Janna, get the fuck out of here. Get out of here. Get out of here right now. Like, what the fuck is this? And I, like, couldn't get out of the shower. I wasn't going to get out of the shower.
0: You're just kind and of frozen in fear.
1: I was frozen. I was frozen in fear. I was like, what? is wrong with him what is he doing like why is he i mean he had come over to amy's house before so that wasn't like super weird but like who goes to somebody else's house and like
0: causes a scene
1: (laughs) yeah like causes a domestic violence like scenario with their own girlfriend it was wild um amy because she's a fucking badass was like, get out of my fucking house. <laughs> she like handled it. She was like, you're wild. Get get out of here. Like She kicked him out and he was pissed. And what had happened when I got out of the shower, I realized this, that he um, had come over to just like say what's up before his game and he saw the note that I had given Amy because she left it downstairs on like the kitchen table oh. and he read it. And he saw that I called him a pig. (laughs) 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 Um, And that fired him up enough to run upstairs in her home and try to drag me out of the shower. Oh, God. So whack. Um, So. uh, Armed with the like. Bravery of my friend, Amy, (laughs) and a couple shots of like probably peppermint schnapps, like nothing (laughs) good. Um, We decided we made a plan and she we, I was like, I got to get out of this situation. Like, this is not fucking safe and it's not healthy and I'm not happy. He's a piece of shit. She was like, all right, we're going to like, here's the plan. You're going to break up with him tonight. After his game. And, uh, if it gets scary, do a little hand signal, like, next to your, like, hold your hand down next to your thigh and, like, call me over. And I'll come over and we'll just walk away together. I was like, okay, cool. Um, so the game happens. We're at the football game. I'm, like, hella nervous the entire time because I'm like, I'm about to break up with this guy. He is a loose cannon and he's also uh, he's possessive and what happens after every game is the parents and family of the players like hang around the locker room like the locker room is right outside you know underneath the bleachers they come they leave the field and go directly down into the locker room and then they come back up when they are all changed and because this was a big game, there was a dance after the game. <laughs> and so all our friends after the game was over, all of our friends like start lining up like walking over to a different part of the school and lining up to get into the dance. And all of the families are waiting outside of the locker room for their their sons. And I decided to wait out there with the families. And my boyfriend comes out, and Amy's like ten feet behind me, like minding her own business. Yeah, <laughs> wait, waiting too. for the signal. Yep, waiting for the signal, which inevitably happens because he comes out of the locker room. He's elated. He had a great game. He like did something major. Um, he's elated. He like reaches out to hug me, and he- he's so like happy to see me. Which, again, I couldn't believe at the time. I was like, you literally pounded on Amy's door, brah.
0: Yeah, like, like the last time you interacted with him was him screaming at you through a bathroom yeah. door.
1: Yeah. Um, I tell him. I, like, break it to him in this, like, heightened moment. I'm like, we cannot be together anymore. I can't do this. Like, I'm breaking up with you. And his face, like, immediately just shifts into the most angry scary sad like emotional face I've ever fucking seen I give Amy the signal she rushes to my side she starts dragging me away what he does is he drops his um, pads on the ground sprints out to the middle of the football field the lights are like blaring on and all the families are still waiting for their sons bt dubs over by the locker room he sprints out into the middle of the field and he screams janna like at the top of his lungs in the middle of an empty fucking football field
0: <laughs> it was oh my god
1: humiliating oh my humiliating.
0: god
1: humiliating Oh, my God. So (laughs) this is where the story gets whack. Basically, he chases me. Full sprint. Chases me into the line. Like, Amy and I are like, let's go to the dance. That's where the most people are. We go over to the dance. And all of my peers see me running from my boyfriend. And... They see him running after me, like, with tears in his eyes, just like, Aah! like, raging. A lot of the guys that were his, that are kind of his bros, like, hold him back. They're like, go in, the inn, go in, go in, go in, go in. And, and I, like, go into the dance. I get in there. Um, Amy and I are like, let's get out of here. We need to, like, go home. So... We're like leave he by the way he comes into the dance eventually uh and is like searching around for me in the crowd and at one point before we left uh boys to men on bended knee comes on like <laughs> a slow dance song and he drops to his knees and screams into the sky no he's really going ham it's crazy he's so messed up (laughs) the the problem was after that like every day at school he started stalking me he would follow me between classes and he'd be like we just need to talk like please just talk to me please just talk to me and just like could not control himself at one point he saw me in an empty hallway and started calling out my name and running toward me in an empty high school hallway and i had to run from him he chased me to the gym and When I got to the gym, the other players on my team were like, are you okay? (laughs) Like, is everything good? And I was like, yeah, yeah, you know, everything's fine. I mean, I was just so used to being like, everything's fine. Like, at one point, one of my teachers, my economics teacher, Mr. Burke, who was the athletic director for the high school, um... And also, like, a friend of my dad, who also coached sports, you know? Like, these people all know my parents, and they know me. Um, At one point, he pulled me aside, and he was like, are you okay? Do you want me to say something to him? Like, people are asking me if I'm, like, okay, like, if this situation is okay. Um, And I'm like, yeah, no, 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 it's fine, it's fine. (laughs) Which... Of course, I was like, "I don't know what else to say, like I didn't understand like I didn't know if it was good or bad,
0: yeah, for you, this was just the first thing you're experiencing of a breakup, and you're not yeah, fully processing like how insane the things that he's doing are, but the fact that like other people are noticing, yeah, like, something's up
1: it is it started to like uh." It started to like fucking like give me uh, the understanding that like maybe it isn't okay. Yeah, the fact that other
0: people were (laughs) coming up to you and saying, "Hey, are you okay with this?" Because I'm not okay with this.
1: Exactly, and I also wasn't. I also feel like the rhetoric at the time, or my belief, and and my belief was being reinforced by my friends. And this is not to blame them. It's just to like you know looking back on it, nobody was ever saying, like, this is so fucked up that this is happening. Like, he has to stop. Everybody was like, oh, my God. He's so emotional. Like, he's just so sad. And he's just, like, it wasn't seen as violent or scary. It was seen as, like, this is how guys deal with it when they really love you.
0: Yeah, it's, like, passion instead of, like, violence.
1: Exactly. Passion. Like, and and that's it was one of those situations where I look back and I'm like, if, any, if, if somebody would have intervened or a man would have pulled him aside and been like, dude, let's talk. You cannot chase a woman around the school because she broke up with you. Uh, you can't do that.
0: Yeah, just somebody and- saying this is not an okay way to act, especially towards women
1: especially towards women and also nobody was pulling me aside and being like hey this is called stalking or like hey he's he's purposefully trying to make you feel bad because you know what fucking happened I ended up dating him again I went back to him because I felt the most extreme sense of guilt I felt guilty enough for breaking up with him that I took him back and it only lasted a month and then I had to do it all over again and it was the same oh god yeah, I was like, fuck, man, I got tricked. But nobody, nobody was saying anything like this is bad. <laughs> yeah. Um Ugh. And for the longest time, honestly, for the longest time, this story to me has been a total source of laughter. Like I have thought it is has been so funny. It's, been, <laughs> it's like the first of many awful, awful breakup stories that I've had. Um, but You know, lately, um, I've started to really see the nuances for what they are, and I'm able to, like, really recontextualize everything. My interactions with men, um, my fear around romance, uh, because most of the relationships I went through after him were similar in that heightened sense of passion, uh, which would result in some kind of obsessiveness or like me being really in love with them really fast and then wanting out uh, within a month and them doing something manipulative or something crazy to try to keep me with them. Yeah. Um. That's the pattern.
0: Yeah, so just like getting yourself in these unhealthy situations really quickly and then like not sure how to get out of them safely.
1: Exactly. And n- not... Really successfully getting out of them safely, you know, like every time getting trapped in some awkward fucking situation. Yeah. That I'm having to not only do the dirty work of breaking up with a man, but then do the cleanup and, and feeling bad for, for taking care of myself. Um, t- you know, feeling guilty for, for putting myself and my safety first.
0: <laughs> yeah. Like still having those warped, lessons or non lessons that you didn't get in high school of just like, this is not okay. And those reinforcements not sticking with you instead, like having this warped view of how relationships should go for a lot of years because of having like a weird experience at a younger age.
1: Exactly. Like, and I've never really been able to break out of that habit of mind. It's really hard for me to think to, to not feel guilty when I tell a man, um, uh no for anything yeah you know i'm afraid i'm afraid that they're not emotionally stable enough to handle themselves when hearing the word no and i think what we're finding out now is they aren't
0: i know that like you work a lot in schools now right so it's like you've spent a lot mm-hmm. of years working in education do you try i mean i guess i don't know how often you find yourself in situations where you're like having discussions with students about how they should treat other people, did you notice that, like, anything is changing in a way that makes you feel, I don't know, hopeful for the future?
1: I'm very hopeful for the future. Um, But, yeah, I do think that I'm both hopeful for the future because I think that um, young people are much better at advocating for themselves now. Um, yeah. But I, I've been teaching in, in kind of unique situations. I mean, not necessarily unique, but, uh, you know, different from my own situation. So, like, I have taught in, like, um, high-need schools in very low-income areas in the Bronx and in Los Angeles. And, you know, students, primarily students of color and students who are um, living in what I would consider the margins or, like, uh, who are underrepresented in, in policies, uh, political policies, as well as like mainstream (laughs) media. Yeah. Uh, they have learned that if you want to be seen or heard, you have to be very loud and big and vocal, right? Yeah. There's more clear understanding and, um, and sense of resilience. Now, this is—it's problematic to say that because I don't feel like I want to ever look at a young kid. It doesn't matter what their background is, and I never want to be like praise them for their resilience. You know, like oh, they're so brave. Like they've been through so much and they can withstand so much. Um, I don't like to perpetuate that rhetoric. Um, Because it kind of silences the suffering that young people can go through, Um, and and by saying like you're just you're just like strong enough to get through it. Um,
0: Yeah, like you shouldn't have to be going through this stuff. Like that's the bigger problem. (laughs) Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah, like you shouldn't have to be resilient as a as a young person. But young women do have a shit ton of resilience, man. It's wild to think what. young women have have gone through and and still go through and and you know are able to like rise out of these kind of scary situations and like move on yeah um but i do think that (laughs) the that um one thing that i know to be true is that Young women get a lot of um, social and emotional support from in-school staff and also get a lot more censorship than boys get, you know? Like, wear the right clothes, don't be so loud, don't be so bossy. That kind of shit still happens. But young men do not have uh, access to the right resources and tools that are going to teach them how to manage their emotions it's crazy like there's such little support for that that happens in schools um you know it's like it's like all that um all of the stuff that's been coming out lately about how the common narrative is that like women don't enjoy sex and even when you like your first time it always hurts like shit like that where you're that's this is the actual stuff that we're told like as young women we're like told like you know, like your first couple times it's going to suck and it might suck all the time except for a really special guy. like <laughs> Things yeah. like that. It's like, oh my God.
0: It's like setting you up to just accept like being miserable. Like what?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. We like completely as a society set women up to be miserable and to have to fight for and grapple for every tiny piece of happiness and joy. Um, and even then we're supposed to feel guilty for bringing ourselves joy. You know, it's like the it's really fucking upsetting because um we are then we then we're also told to turn around after after relationships or after breakups we're also told to turn around and look within and get self-help and heal and do all this self-work right um but if you think about it what are men asked to do when they break up with a woman they're asked to like go fuck another girl yeah, like, like, find somebody yeah, else like, to replace her. Yeah,
0: like, drink it off and then find somebody else. Like, this weird- Exactly. Yeah.
1: It's so sad because then you get situations where you have men who are just, like, unable to cope with real, actual feelings that are going to happen constantly. <laughs> um, yeah,
0: not just in relationships, but just in everyday life.
1: Yeah, just regular old failures.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. When
1: you don't know how to, like, recover from them. And I think that, you know, like a lot of this, you know, I think about those stories, those early stories that I have about men just being super, super extreme, um, that comes from just a, a really strong societal tendency to uh, to silence men and to lean on masculinity. You know, that's like what toxic masculinity is, right? There is like that's like a perfect example of how we're like, ah, yeah, get her back.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You can do it. Just scream her name louder. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Force her. Just chase her. Oh God. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I'm. I, I understand why you're in a place where you're fine being single.
1: Oh my god, I love being single. I mean, once I can get past, I, there are moments, you know. I mean, I wrote a solo show a couple of years ago, uh, where I it was great. Like, Which was yeah, I like loved. Uh, I yeah, it was I was lonely at the time, you know. So it was, a, uh, I was kind of succumbing to my, uh, my singleness. Um, but once I did that show and like kind of moved on, I feel like, um. It's also really common for women to be expected to pine for a lover. And, you know, like without getting into the whole spinster narrative and going off on that tirade, (laughs) it's just a really interesting position to be a 36-year-old woman and to choose singleness. I choose it. Yeah. Like I have control over this and I choose to be single Um, and I'm safe. Yeah, and maybe I don't have these perks that other women might have. Uh, Whatever those perks may be, I'm good.
0: <laughs> yeah, you're just able to enjoy yourself and enjoy your life and not be like constantly dealing with this other stress that yeah exists yeah. in the world.
1: Yeah, it also kind of puts me in a position to be like, hey, if you want this, if you're interested in me, like, you know, you're you have a couple of walls to climb. Yeah, there's a hill. I'm not gonna. Yeah, like it's gonna be a little bit hard. Like get get used to the challenge because I'm not a ch- I'm not a not challenging person to be with, um, as no woman is or person. Yes. So I, it's not that I'm like, no way. There's like no man's ever gonna get to me. It's more just like I'm I'm actually like people are like you gotta be vulnerable. You gotta take your walls down. And I'm like nah, bruh. I'm going to keep them right yeah, up and it's going to take a really Yeah, I know
0: that you care.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Why not?
0: Yeah, that's great. Um if people, yeah, I know you have your podcast If people want to like find more about stuff you do, what what were some of the ways they can check out what you got going on?
1: Uh yeah, I got I got a podcast going on. It's called Woman of Size. Um, and it's a podcast that talks with pe- women and, you know, gender non-binary and a couple men coming up. Uh, we talk about sizism and body justice and uh, we kind of say what the fuck to um, body shame. Um, that's, you know, you can find all that information at womanofsize.com. And also, you know, I keep my my shows, my live shows and my goings on Um, updated on my personal website janashmeeting.com
0: great yeah I mean I think your podcast is great because it does do a really great job of having conversations with people that about things that I'm not hearing in other places and I really appreciate you doing that in that podcast
1: I appreciate you listening Brian I really do
0: thank you well have a great rest of the day you too thanks thanks again for having me all right Bye. Bye. This is how we love. This is how we fight for something that's right. Love Hurts is produced, hosted, and edited by Brian Berlin. Theme music by Mickey Hommel. Show art by Caroline Mallon. You can find Love Hurts on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like the show, rate and review it on Apple Podcasts and tell a friend about it. You can find Love Hurts on Instagram and Twitter at lovehurtspod, and our website is lovehurtspod.com. Here's a preview of what you'll hear next week. We came really good homies, and he saw me hanging out with this 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 girl one time and he was like yo she is the bomb like yo what what's going on where where can i like can i talk to her and like i introduced him to her and little did i know it would be a love triangle i'm brian berlin and this is love hurts